0: Step on up, sit down, twist off that bottle top or crack open that can, and welcome to Porch Matters. This is Terry Cagle coming to you from my back porch. Yes sir, yes ma'am, the name of this show is Authentic. On Porch Matters, our saying is this, big issues or just a friendly conversation, no topic is off limits. We take pride in being able to talk about anything with each other in an open discussion. Open discussion is one of the only ways to learn. Your perspective could be changed. You could change the perspective of others. Friends and family, welcome back to another episode of Porch Matters. I'm glad you're here. It is Sunday night and it is snowing out here on the porch. It's quite nice. I hope everybody had a fantastic new year. Hope nobody went crazy and got too drunk whenever they were partying and ended up in jail. That's not a good way to start 2022. Hopefully everybody has had a really good weekend. In case you missed it, I released a bonus episode earlier this week. If you would, go back and check it out. Really would appreciate it. Also... My friend and a friend of the show, Lindsay Rowland, was nice enough to invite me onto the Carry On Podcast. It was my first guest appearance on somebody else's show. Um, If you would, go to Carry On Podcast and check that out. Help support her because she's a loyal supporter of this show as well. Let her know you heard about her own porch matters. I'm sure she'd really appreciate it. On this episode... It is the last of three where I sat down with Jojo Corley and Justin Hatch. Just small talk and random questions. I really hope you enjoy it. Without further ado, let's get started. Folks, welcome back to another episode. We are in our third episode of the Voice in the South Studio Residency with Mr. JoJo Corley. We're also joined with Justin Hitch coming back on the show. Guys, if you could instantly become one, what would you want to be an expert in and why? Let's just have a small talk discussion. What do you say?
1: It's fine with me, but that'd be that's a tough one to answer. If I could be an expert in anything, I'd probably say finances. Why? Who don't like money.
0: You're very right there, I man.
1: I'd like to know, you know, especially how to make money in the stock market, cryptocurrency, stuff like that. That stuff fascinates me. But as soon as the expert starts talking, I feel like I'm underwater, Will. I, I can't
0: that hear nothing That just feels they're like saying. they're just
2: talking right over yeah, the top of your head. Yeah, I can't hear nothing they're saying. What about you? I think welding, being able to build stuff, that would be it's something that would keep me occupied. It would be fun. Welding is always one of those things that I've always wanted to do, but I
0: had not ever been able to figure it out. i I sat down i used to work at while i was in college up at uh wilson machine yeah mr wilson was nice enough to hire me in part-time while i went to school and there was a man by the name of pete fantastic man he worked one of the uh machines in there and he was he did his best to try and teach me how to run it Mm -hmm. i didn't know what i had you know what i mean master of his craft huh he was and he there again Older man took a liking to a young kid. Wanted to try and teach him something, and I'm always I've always been indebted to him. He's passed away now, just like Mister Wilson is. Oh. But uh, you know, he he tried to teach me how to run that machine. He tried to teach me everything that was involved. I remember trying to weld, but every time I'd pull that mask down, I couldn't see nothing. I felt like Ray Charles. I couldn't even see the bead. Yeah. So I was constantly having to lift it up. I just never could get that down. But welding's always been one of those things that I've been wanting to do. Because there's a lot of stuff that I'd love to learn how to build. I, I be can, able to build.
2: I can weld. I can make stuff stay together. Yeah. <laughs> but it ain't Gorilla pretty. welding. <laughs> Ugly and <ain't> thin,
1: but <laughs> strong.
2: Yeah. Right now,
0: if I had to answer that question, right, I'm in, I'm in the trucking business. I've been driving a truck. They're trying to move me into more of a... Uh, of a dispatcher role. I'm not against it because I see the way the industry is going right now. In the next five to 10 years, electric trucks and or self-driving trucks is the future. There ain't a dead gum thing we can do or say about it. I'm 40 years old. By the time all that hits, I'm going to be 50. And if I ain't looking ahead, I'm going to be a 50 year old man trying to find something else to start with. And then by that time I'm going to be too old for it. So right now, I'm in my mind frame trying to look ahead and trying to see what is out there for me that I can do, that I can make money and provide and do everything that I think that a man needs to be able to do. I'm currently looking at a couple of different things. Dispatching has always been interesting to me. My dad was a driver, as both of y'all know. And most of your old school drivers always said if a dispatcher's talking 90% of the time, he's lying to you. I've been trying to be as honest with people as I can, even if it pisses them off. I'm not going to, I flat out tell them, I'm not going to lie to you. I'm going to tell you the truth, whether you like it or not. That's just me as a person. And that's the way I try to handle business. The dispatching side of the logistics is always interested me. And I really would like to do a little bit more of a deep dive into it because there's a whole lot more to it than what I'm doing. If that makes any sense, oh. um, I see more of a more of a longevity for me in that role versus sitting in a truck for the rest of my life. Right. Health wise, it would be better for me to move out of a truck than it would be for me to stay in a truck. I know there's a lot of drivers that that's all they do. But then there's a lot of other drivers that if you'll watch truck stops and everything else, they're slumped over because they can't sit up straight because right. that's how they've drove for so long. My dad, L four and L five went out on him because he sat all the time. Different things like that. Real estate has also been a very big interest for me, especially lately. Yeah, I'm really thinking hard about trying to take a real estate class. And just see if I could do it. Basically, Grandpa always told me, and I've said this on multiple shows, and I'm gonna say it till I'm blue in the face. He always said, "Try to learn as much as you can about everything." Yeah, you know, because that was the way he was. Hey, you remember him, Justin? You never did get to meet him, but he was basically like a jack of all trades. He knew a little bit about everything. He could get by on anything, and that's kind of the mind frame that I'm in right now. This is probably a little bit of a personal question, but if you could change one thing about yourself, what would it be?
1: I think I would. Uh, if I could change anything about myself, I would say I wish I could walk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You can laugh at that if you want to. I'm just kidding. Yeah, but uh, you know, uh, I really, I really don't know. You know, I I like who I am. You know, and I think that that's imp- important to you know own who you are and um uh, i've been very fortunate man i've got i've got everything i want you know um but so that being said yeah i would i would i would like to if i could change anything about myself i'd like to have a time machine go back change a couple of things What about mood you? killer
0: not uh, really not really a mood killer
2: go ahead justin what about you i guess going back and just changing uh Eating habits and everything—it's a lot. It would have been a lot easier to do it back when I was younger, instead of doing it now when I'm 36. You're like me—you—you you live to eat. I did. Uh, oh, you did? I did. I'm gonna die now. Oh,
0: okay. Well, tell had, us about it.
2: I had some squash earlier. Squash? <laughs> yeah. Was
0: it delicious?
2: It was squash. <laughs> Man,
1: I love
0: squash.
2: I know, right?
1: I love it. Zucchini, yellow squash—it don't matter.
0: I, I kind of sympathize with him a little bit, because you remember me back in the, back when we was kids. Yeah. I I was a meat and potatoes guy. Yeah. I, I lived off of junk food and meat and potatoes. And about two years ago, I went on a diet. Uh, doctor told me that I was—they tried to put me on diabetic medicine. Everybody on my dad's side was a diabetic. And they was like, well, you're a diabetic now, because my A1C was over 7. You know me, you tell me something that I don't like, if I don't agree with. No, I'm not. And I'm fixing to show you. You know, that's, that's just me. So I buckled down on my diet. I cut out all my pasta, which was ridiculously hard. Yeah, I bet it is. I cut out my potatoes, which was, you know, half of my diet, starches. I started eating salad for one of the first times in my life and got to the point where my body was actually craving it. Ruby Tuesday's shutting down during the COVID thing tore me all to pieces. Yeah, they had a good salad bar. Fantastic salad bar. I I would go and make my run, and I would get back before lunch. And where our yard was, there was a Ruby Tuesday's right down the road. I'd get in my truck, and I'd go down to Ruby Tuesday's, and I'd sit down and eat the salad bar for lunch. I'd eat a plate or two. You know who's got a good salad bar, and you wouldn't think it? Oh,
1: The bullpen out there in Oakman. Mm-hmm. They do. You have know, a good they salad got a bar. good salad bar. And looking at it, you wouldn't think that cuz it's a small old salad bar. Yeah. But they put all the necessary stuff in there, buddy. Yeah. Got them black olives and them banana peppers and mm-hmm. you know ham and it, you know they got a good salad bar. Yeah. You know, and they got a good steak too.
0: Yes, they do. The uh Branding Iron up in West Point. I work in Coleman, so a lot of my a lot There's of my like, go-to places are up around Coleman right now. Uh Branding Iron up there. It's right it's in West Point right there off of 157. Yeah. You're not going to have much sales signal when you go in the building. You don't really need it because you're going in there to eat. They've got a really good bar, and they've got a fantastic steak, and it is definitely hashtag fat boy approved. During COVID and everything, they had shut down their salad bars. Ruby Tuesday shutting down messed me up, and I got back on the junk. I'm fixing to have to get back on it. I'm fixing to have to get back on it hard. So, yeah, I sympathize with you on that one. Yeah. That's a loaded question for me. I've noticed that, just like we were talking just a few months ago off off air, that a lot of people either love me or a lot of people really hate me, and I'm getting to the point, just like you told me earlier, I'm 40 years old, I shouldn't care, but I find myself actually caring too much, if that makes any sense.
1: People pleaser.
0: I'm Uh not necessarily a people pleaser, but if you're in my circle... I care about what you think, if that makes any sense. It does.
1: It does.
0: You know, if you're not in my circle, I care to I I care less what you think yeah. about me. I'm not going to lose no sleep over it.
1: Yeah, I'm the same way too in certain aspects. You know, and it's not that I'm a people pleaser, but I do. I find it an honor that the people in my circle value my opinion. Yes. So, you know, that's where I stand on that. You know, I yeah. I, I do. I appreciate that. You yeah.
0: know. Yeah, you know, like I'm saying, if you're not in my circle, I, I don't care what you think about me. I'm not going to lose no sleep over it. I'm just going to say it like it is. Yeah. If you're in my circle, I value your opinion. If I didn't value your opinion, you wouldn't be in my circle. Yeah. Uh, as far as that, I mean, I can talk about my eating habits all day. I need to work on as a person because sometimes my opinion of the people in my circle does a little bit more to dictate what I do, if that makes any sense. Yeah, I need to be more of my own man, even in the as far as the people that are in my circle. If you could send a message to the entire world, what would it say in thirty seconds?
1: You take that one first.
0: Be nicer to other people, but if you don't have, if you're in a position where you can't be nice, make it memorable so people don't mess with you.
1: Don't fake the funk on a nasty dunk. <laughs> be honest be the person that you are yeah you know and that and that's what I mean by be, that you know? be authentic yeah that's, that's what I'm saying
2: be authentic in everything that you do what about you Mr. Hatch other people's opinions aren't gonna hurt you no matter what everybody thinks it's not gonna hurt you Joe I think I already know your answer to this but I'm gonna ask you anyway
1: I'm surprise
0: you. what is your greatest regret
1: hmm My greatest regrets going on that beach trip in 2010. That's it. It's only one.
0: Mr. Hatch, we're getting personal up in here on this episode.
2: Not putting myself out more when I was younger. Not doing more. I've always been a homebody. Not not traveling and stuff.
1: I can't relate to that.
2: (laughs) I've I've
1: always always
2: (laughs) kind of stood out. I've always stayed in my little area in Cordova. Yeah.
0: I'd say my biggest regret is, and I've said this on an episode or two, I've always what if myself to death, meaning I talk myself out of a lot of stuff. I'll go back to whenever I was in high school. Georgia Tech was sending me letters three and four a week, literally a letter a day. 11th grade year, rolled around, and one of the coaches came and Talked with my coach because they couldn't legally talk to me. Told the coach that if I was interested in going to Georgia Tech, that there was a lineman camp that I had to go to so they could see me and talk to me and everything like that. At the time, my dad was driving for country gas, all in propane, making $15 an hour. And my mom and dad were struggling to pay their bills. And I was going to a school that required a tuition. So they were literally having to rob Peter to pay Paul. I could not, in good conscience, ask them for money extra to go to that camp. Whenever I didn't go to that camp, the letter stopped coming. I ended up getting an offer for uh, UNA and Jacksonville State. And I chose the one for Jacksonville State. Because like offensive lineman. A good one was hard to find. All that good stuff. But my heart wasn't in it. I prayed about it, and I prayed about it, and I prayed about it. And then I decided that I wasn't going to go after I talked to a, an angel by the name of Dennis Campbell. Mm-hmm. He heard that I was struggling with the decision. He calls me out of the blue. He tells me his story, which was... He was down at Auburn, and he was on the football team. He wanted to be a pharmacist his whole life. And in order to be a pharmacist, you have to go to science labs, which was in the afternoon. What else is in the afternoon? Football practice. Coach basically told him he had to pick. He chose to do the route of being a pharmacist. We know how that turned out. Turned out to be a very successful man. Yeah. He told me. And it's something that I never forgot. 10 years from now, you're going to look back. He said, if you're at peace with with the decision that you made, you made the right one. A lot of days, I am at peace because I ended up not going. My knee was messed up. I've told people that I didn't go because of my knee. I didn't lie to them. I could have went and played. But I remember hearing horror stories from my coach, David Campbell, about how there were a lot of days whenever he was trying out or at camp with New Orleans or wherever, how his knees were so jacked up that he would literally have to crawl into his room and crawl up into the bed because he couldn't walk. I've had a few of those instances whenever I was playing basketball. My knee or my ankles used to swell up huge. I used to have to get my ankles taped every game. And I literally had to crawl from my from my truck up the front steps into the house because I couldn't walk. They have done swallow up that bad. So I'd already had some taste of that. And there again, my heart really wasn't into it because my heart got broke. Because I really wanted to go play D1. Perry Matthews, I'll drop his name. He was a huge supporter of Alabama football. And when I say huge supporter, he was the Chevron jobber out in Jasper for years. He would drop hundreds of thousands of dollars into the university. Um, My dad drove for him a little bit, and dad told him about me. And he wanted to see my tapes and my newspaper clippings and this, that, and the other. If he liked it, he was going to make sure it got down there. Well, whenever we took it to him, he was so impressed that he jumped in the car and went to Tuscaloosa on his own. He wanted to hand deliver it. Got my hopes up. You know what I mean? Mm Mm-hmm. And uh, he sat down there for in the office for about two or three hours. This was in 99. They had just won the SEC championship. Everybody swore up and down Alabama was back. A familiar name, Ronnie Control, the one that got us put on probation, mm-hmm. comes and walks out of the office. Mr. Matthews stood up with my tape, everything else, and was, went to hand it to him. Wouldn't even take it. He said, we've got... Like 2,000 kids coming in this weekend alone for 16 spots. Wouldn't even take it. Dad called him. Mr. Matthews was cussing like crazy. He said they'll never get a... I can't say what he said. They'll never get another dime from me. And to his dying day, he never sent another dime down there.
1: Hmm.
0: They made him that mad. So my heart was broke. I'm not making any excuses. I'm just telling you like it is. Yeah. And... uh I signed with with Jacksonville State, but there again, heart wasn't in it. Knee was jacked up, so I didn't go. I'm still at peace with that, but at the same time, what if? I what if myself to death. Yeah. And there's a lot of days where whenever I sit around and say, what if I would have went? Would things have been different? Because my life, it seemed like, was – dad used to tell me whenever – Whenever Mom was pregnant with me, how he didn't. Whenever he'd pray, I never. He didn't matter if it was a boy or a girl, as long as it was healthy. But he'd always say, "But if it's a boy, I want him big enough to be able to start a defensive end for the Green Bay Packers." It was almost like my life was on a trajectory. Mm-hmm. And then I made I made another decision, and then since then, I've been up in the air. If that makes any sense at all.
1: Makes sense. I've
0: I've bounced around from job to job, this, that, and the other. I worked at the jail for, in the county system for ten years. Now I'm driving a truck, fixing to turn forty years old, and I still don't know what I want to do for the rest of my life. You know, I mean, it's heart to heart moment, but that's that's just real, and I can pinpoint it from that decision because since that since that day. It's like I've been wandering around in the wilderness with Moses. Yeah. It's like I don't have any purpose, and that's something that I've got to fix. I'm not necessarily saying it's a regret. Right. But the regret is not having a backup plan. Yeah. Uh, plan A was totally total football, 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 get an education, make something of yourself. The problem and the regret that I have with that is not having a plan B to be able to make something of myself. You know, uh, I've talked about in length about how there's instances where, and you, me and you've had this conversation a time or two, I'm filling the blank years old. What have I got to show for it? I got out of that for a while, but I found myself this year slipping back into that, and I don't want to do it, and I'm trying to figure out a way to get out of it. So that's my regret.
1: But I don't think you're alone in that kind of thing. I think a lot of people live that life. And the only, I mean, I don't have, you know, the answers for anything, but I mean, you just got to keep up waking. I mean, got to keep waking up every morning, you know, find out what your purpose is for that day, you know, and the rest of it will come, I believe. I mean, you know, another regret. I mean, in 2010, I wish I'd have bought a $1,000 worth of Netflix stock. Right? You know, I mean, yeah, yeah, you know, I mean.
0: Yahoo or
1: Google. Hindsight is always, you know, 2020, but it's, everybody's got regrets, big or small.
2: What about you, Mr. Hatch? Anything to add? Everybody's got those things. They wish they could go back and see what would happen if you chose a different path, but. You can't think like that. You just got to look ahead.
1: I think everybody that has a thing that they want to go back and change, it's just like you said, to see what it would be like. I think we'd all end up in the same boat, though. Same boat we're rowing right now, you know.
2: I wouldn't change anything. I've got my daughter. Anything I change could change that.
0: If we want to get religious, our steps are numbered.
2: You can go into a deep rabbit hole,
0: what if and. Like I'm saying, I wadf myself to death. Yeah. Who are your greatest heroes? Let's get a little positive.
1: When my granddad, my papa Fowler, was a was a he was a man that I looked up to my whole life. A man's man. Yeah. He was honest. I mean, he helped me in ways that I couldn't never repay you know and and of course my dad my dad was was my hero as well you know he always i mean my dad's had his flaws but i could not ask for a better father i mean he he loved his kids he loved us and uh those two men in my life and and, and my first pastor uh jack thomas and in uh, my current pastor, Bruce Levan, those are those are men that I look up to. Men, like you said, men's men.
2: Mm-hmm. Just as far as everyday life, I don't know if I don't know if I've ever really modeled myself after anybody. In everyday life, baseball. When I played baseball, it was Ken Griffey Jr. He's they probably he did have the sweetest swing in baseball history, other than Ted Williams. As far as a famous person, that was who. I looked up to in sports. Always kind of done my own thing and went by my own feelings on stuff. Never looked at anybody and really handled things the way they did. Always made up my mom, own mind, even when I was a kid. Mine would be my dad. Uh, he was my
0: Superman. You've met him, Joe. You remember how f- freaking strong he was. Mm-hmm. You know, he didn't look it, but. He was just ridiculously strong. Never would let me win in arm wrestling either. He was tough on me and I'm glad he was. He helped build that competitiveness in me. Yeah. Yeah. Whenever it got to the point where I'd almost beat him, he'd he, he slammed me that last time. He put that over the top move on. He 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 turned the hat around, flipped the switch and just slammed me. And he said after that he said, I'm not wrestling, I'm not arm wrestling you again. He wouldn't. Let, he said you're getting too strong. <laughs> he never would let me beat him. Grandpa, I, I could, I could talk all night about him. Sam Williams was a fine was a fine man. He had his flaws, just like everybody else. But the stuff that that man taught me was invaluable and priceless. Between him, my dad, and my uncle Eddie, Derek's daddy, mm-hmm. I I am who I am today good, bad, or indifferent, like me or le- like me or hate me, I-, I am who I am because of them. I tried to take a little bit of each one of them and try to put it together and figure me out. Yeah.
1: And that's the way that all of us are. We're the product of the people that came before us.
0: I agree wholeheartedly.
1: And, uh, you know, if I if I can emulate any of those people that I mentioned, I'm better off for it
0: yeah when you think about success, who comes to mind and why it's a loaded question really and uh okay I mean, well yeah. we, we, we we'll go this way. what in your opinion is success?
1: Mm, success, in my opinion is accomplishing the goals that you've set out for your life you know and and I got lucky a lot of my goals were set were just placed in my lap. For example, my wife, I, I didn't have to pursue very hard, and I knew who, who I wanted to marry, and it just it kind of fell in my lap. You know, and also, you know, my profession. I, I didn't know that I wanted to work for the power company, but I loved my job. You know, so a lot of those type things kind of fell in my lap. But you talk about who, you know, uh, somebody with success, somebody goal-driven, goal-oriented. And, I mean, who who wouldn't admire Nick Saban? But, I mean, that's an easy answer to give. But I don't know the man personally. I might not like him. But, um, you know, that's just my two cents worth.
2: What about you? What do you think success is to start with? If you'd asked me this 10, 15 years ago, it would be a lot different than it is now. Then it was... All about how much money you can make. Now, like I said, with with my daughter and my wife, if I can make them happy, give them what they want, that's my definition of success now. With me, I'm like you. It changed over the years. Used to. Joe,
0: you might remember this. I always wanted a Canary Yellow Chevy Silverado four-wheel drive. With black racing straps.
1: That makes sense.
0: Oh, you were wanting to be that gaudy kid. I was wanting to be that gaudy kid. Yes. And my daddy would look at me with the most disgusted look on his face that I've ever seen. He's like, Boy, what the heck, do you want a truck that gaudy color? My answer was always very simple. When people see it going down the road, they'll know it was me. Yeah. These days, I long to be invisible. It might not make no sense. But I just, every single time I go somewhere, and you've seen this several times. I always get, get told either God, you're big or God, you're tall or some variation with it, depending on where you're at. Yeah. There's always, it, it never fails. I, I, I know I stand out. I don't know what it, I don't know what it feels like to blend in. That kind of makes me want to be invisible. My definition of, of success, I, I would love for this podcast to take off. I'd love for tens of thousands of people to tune in to hear what we had to say. Realistically, it has the potential to do it, but will it? I don't know. We'll see. If it does, great. If it don't, it's not going to hurt my feelings because this is a hobby for me and I enjoy doing it. And I try to put in as much passion as I can into every episode. But my definition of success is just to try and be happy, if that's possible, and peaceful. I would love to be in a situation to where I make enough money to be comfortable. I'm not, I'm not looking to be a millionaire. I just want to be comfortable enough to the point where every bill is paid I have some extra to where if I just want to jump in a truck and take on take off on a road trip like Forrest Gump ran. That's my ideal vacation. I just want to jump in a truck or jump in something, take off whenever I see something that I want to see or start to see a place that I'd like to try and eat. I'm not on no schedule, don't have a huge budget. I just I just want to be comfortable. That that's my idea of success. It's not
1: too much to ask.
0: I don't think so. What's left on your bucket list since we went there?
1: I'd like to go to Hawaii. I'd like to visit that place.
0: Yeah, me too.
1: That was something that me and Jessica was supposed to do on our 10th anniversary. And uh, we'll be celebrating 20 in uh, April. Congratulations. I hadn't had the opportunity to go somewhere like that. But, uh. My bucket list is real small, because uh, I'm simple. I really am, and uh, it's that kind of stuff, you know. I'd like to take my family on a on a nice island vacation like that, you know, to Hawaii. That's
2: it. I'd like to go to Stonehenge in Italy, see the Colosseum and Rome. And- You'd like to make the European pilgrimage. Not so much to see the cities. I want to see the history. Yeah. It, it it interests me. Part of the reason why I got
0: into trucking in the first place was to, number one, get out of the jail. That's a podcast for another day. Or where I could make a decent living. It was part of my whole five-year plan. Get out of debt and all that good stuff. But another thing that I had in my head that was quickly destroyed was I would be able to see a lot of the country. Um, Yeah, you can while driving the truck, as long as it's from an interstate.
1: One truck stop at a time. And
0: as as long as you're not driving at night, you can see a lot of the country from the interstate. There's a lot more to it than just what's on that interstate. And one of my bucket lists that I've got right now, one thing I want to see every state. Yeah. I've been to Alaska. So I've got that one off the list, even though God almighty I want to go back. If you've never been to Alaska, you need to go.
1: I met a family from Alaska when I was in Panama. Uh fine, fine people and yeah. you know, so I'm friends with them on Facebook and the pictures that they post are gorgeous. Pictures don't do know, justice. I, I understand. But you know, that's something I I don't do cold weather. I would like to view it from a bubble that was warm but uh,
0: (laughs) go dirt go on a cruise during the summer. That's one. That's the way I did it. I haven't seen interior Alaska. I've just seen catch can Juneau. One of Wild Earp's pistols is still in a bar up in Juneau. I went during the summertime. Um, It's still cold. Don't get me wrong, but there were the week right before we went up, it was like 80 or 90 degrees up there. That's warm. Oh, it's warm. Yeah, it, it. And then the week we went up there, it was around around fifties or sixties. Huh. I was up there walking around in a in a shirt thinner than this up in the t- up above the tundra line right there in the Canadian-Alaskan border. Wind was rough. I, I didn't I didn't pack a coat. That was part of the reason. Another reason is that I'm hot natured anyway. Well, I'm a lot
1: thinner than y'all boys. Yeah. <laughs> when, when I get cold, I get
0: cold to the bone. <laughs>
1: And, well, and I don't, I don't enjoy cold weather.
0: The uh, the second day we were, we went over there to the, uh, gosh Almighty, is a it's a glacier and it's a national park. I can't remember the name of it now to save my life. Is it Glacier National Park? Uh, that would be it right there in Juneau. Yeah, thank you. But uh, we went up there, and while we were in that other little town, whenever we were up there, out. I went around to the different shops and everything trying to find a coat, well, they didn't have one for grown folks. I ended up going to the Harley Davidson store and I found a hoodie. So I was like, okay, well, this, this will work. So day two, I had the hoodie on. It started raining. So I'm drenched in rain, and wa- cold walking out there to that glacier and everything. And when we get back to the bus, which was just a disaster anyway, we, uh, we went well watching on a boat. So, wet clothes, wind off of the water. Yeah, I was cold. Mm-hmm. I ended up having to get back into the plexiglass area and get the clo- wet clothes off of me. But, uh, yeah, uh, I pretty much, I know people listening can't see my face, but you can. The whole time we were on that cruise and I was looking around, I was just, my jaw was dropped. I was just like, yeah. the whole time. To the point where... Whenever I got back home, and he he remembers this because we were working together. I was in what I called post-vacation depression for three months. I didn't even want to come home, Joe. Didn't even want to come home. Mama Mama got mad at me because I kept talking about how I just wanted to stay up here. And she was like, well, why don't you just
2: stay up here then? She got mad at me. I can't see your mother raising her voice like that.
0: Yeah, okay. Okay. You just don't know Janice Cagle like I do. Shout out to you, Mama. I know you're listening. I love you.
1: Well, you know, you brought it up, you know, and all three of our bucket list undoubtedly involves travel. Uh, and I said that I was a simple, simple guy. One of the things that I would love to do, and it's very feasible, um, I'd like to start on the East Coast, and I would like to take a train ride. Yes. All the way across the country. You know, end up in California and then mm-hmm. and come back. I've, but thought I've been fascinated by those, you know, cross country train rides. Yeah,
2: no. My wow. mother in law just went on one uh, a couple months ago. They flew out to California and hit all the Northwest states on the train. She loved it.
0: Wow. Seattle is an interesting town. We flew, that's where we took the cruise out of. The furthest I've ever driven west would probably be. Well, now it's Kansas City and Sioux Falls, South Dakota. That's as far, that's as far west as I have driven. I flown to Seattle and went up to Alaska on the cruise. Seattle is a very interesting town. Some of the people are a whole lot different than what we're used to. Yeah. But as far as the environment that you're around, I mean, you're, you've got two volcanoes right there around you. The, the mountains are absolutely stunning. The city where um, where we're used to a lot of old red brick, you know, old stuff. There, a lot of their buildings and everything, it just feels new. What well, was I, the last thing built?
1: Yeah, a yeah. lot of
0: a lot of their uh, a lot last of their, place colonized. Yeah, a lot of their architecture and everything else just looks new. It could be because of the earthquakes. I don't or I don't know, but it it was a very beautiful town. And I, it ain't it. I rode around on what they call their little. I guess it's their subway. It ain't really that big. It ain't really that much. It's one train or two trains that just go down and then back from the airport. Met some interesting people. That's for sure. <laughs> I bet you did. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I. I'd love I'd love to just get on a train like you're saying. Get in a car.
1: I think it would be great.
0: I want. I, w- I want to see all four, all fifty states. I really do. That's the biggest thing on my bucket list. Mm. Uh, I'd love to do the uh, do a tour of the SEC stadiums too. I've I've been to Bryant Denny. I've been to I've been down to Jordan Hare. I've been to uh, Neyland Stadium up in Tennessee. I've been thinking hard about um, as if you ever look at the tickets and everything. Anytime Alabama comes to town, the ticket price just jumps up yep. for whatever reason. But if you if you look at some of the ticket prices for some of the other games that is not involving Alabama,
1: mm-hmm.
0: ticket prices are a whole lot closer to face value than what you think. Yeah. So well, I,
1: Alabama has always had a reputation, a reputation of their fans traveling. Yes. So they know that – if they're gonna get some money they can do it with Alabama.
0: Yes. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm saying. I, I've been I've been thinking awful hard about looking at different type different games to go to because I really want to experience everybody's at least in the
2: SEC home field traditions. Okay. Just just follow Vanderbilt. <laughs> <laughs> You'll get tickets cheap.
1: <laughs> I've been to Vanderbilt Stadium. It's 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 an old stadium. Yeah. Buddy, that thing's old, yeah. and and the rest of them, like you said, I've been there. Of course, we've been to Legion Field, yeah. Um, but you know I, I've been fortunate to go a few, go to a few games, and yeah. I, I enjoy that too. I, I see how that would be.
0: I really, you know, real. I, I really want to experience the swamp and all of its glory, because I've I've heard stories about how uh, one of, one of my old coaches, uh, two of them, anyway. I remember one year. They went down to watch Auburn and Florida play. I think it was 99. I'm not real sure. But they talked about how whenever people were going into the stadium, they'd be like, hey, how are you? You know, really talkative. Then when the band came out to do their opening and everything else, people started getting loud. But as soon as every single time the football team hit the field, you couldn't hear nothing. You know, I'd like I'd like to be in an, an environment like that. Yeah. I want to see Death Valley on a Saturday night. Something about that LSU fan base just absolutely irritates the snot out of me. But that that is one of those fan bases that I would have absolutely loved to played for. Yeah. If that makes any sense.
1: Yeah. Who uh-huh. don't want to see a bunch of drunk Cajuns right? Smell like corn dogs, right? Holl- <laughs> hollering it, at- hollering at the football team.
0: <laughs> yeah. I'd love to, I'd love to go over to College Station and and experience Kyle Field. Yeah, you know when Texas and Oklahoma come to the SEC, I'd love to see the Red River rivalry game. Sure, yeah. you know there there are several different games like that that are in my bucket list. I'd like to see USC and Notre Dame. I'd love to see Michigan and Ohio State. Army Navy. Army Navy. Yes, I, I'd love to see those too. So I, I've got a bunch of different things still on my bucket list. I'm a late bloomer. I just hope I'm not slipping off into a midlife crisis or I'm like, well, I got to hurry up and get this done. I'm about- well, know. that
1: don't sound like a bad one. He's you know, I mean, little. all of those seem like attainable goals.
2: Yeah. yeah. He's going to be in a little Miata before we know it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. You really think I'm going to fit in a Miata? <laughs> you just can't put the top up.
0: Right. Gotta drive from the back seat. Yeah. I have to do like a high tower from police academy. I just dated myself. What is your most treasured possession? Dang, man. I wish some of
1: these fit me. I'm not a very materialistic person. I mean, it's not objects, but I mean, my family. It really is, man. And if you would have asked me, you know, 20 years ago, I don't know if I would have been that guy. You know what I'm saying? But it's just something, you know, once you know that you're married to the right person and then you have kids and those kids, when you look at them, you see a part of you, you know, it's, they aren't that, that, I mean, I know that they're not objects, but I mean, I'm, like I said, I'm not a materialistic person, so right. it'd be my family.
2: How about you, just I feel the same way he does. It's my, my family. Other than my family, I don't have any children of my own, but. That you know of. <laughs> no, I,
0: I hadn't got any. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh. You know, I've I've been a part of raising several second cousins. I see a lot of me in them, so I I can see where you're coming from. Yeah. Um, like I said, I don't have any of my own, but I love them like they are mine. Stacy's son Xander, I love him like he's mine. I would say, other than that, my my most treasured possession would be pictures. Yeah, and uh, hand me downs. Basically, Mm -hmm. especially the pictures, my, uh, and and she's going to love it whenever I tell her this, Wendy, I'm talking to you. The, uh, we, we, I used to hate getting a camera stuck in my face. We would be at family functions or whatever, and she would break out this camera and all it it looked like you were in a club flashes going off. Everybody was like, Wendy, will you please put that camera down? You know, and then she said something that was really cryptic and really prophetic. One of these days, you're gonna appreciate me for this. Well, when Dad passed away, we really didn't have many pictures of him, right? You know, so what she had, she gave, and I've I'll forever be grateful for that. Yeah, yeah, you know definitely. what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I would save my pictures, and then just hand me downs of, you know, my granddad's or my or my dad's, yeah. stuff, you know. Stuff like that that but I've gathered treasured.
1: Said, you said something about yourself a while ago about not having kids and stuff <clears> like that. <throat> I don't think that you have to have kids for people to be important in your life. You know,
2: yeah. it,
1: it sounds to me like what you're describing is real tribal. Like you got a tribe of people that you hold dear to you. And, and, and that's the same thing. It can be, you know, people that are not even related to you. That can be family. And then. know that's important but you know since my dad passed away when i when i get a picture he wasn't he didn't stand in front of the camera either right but uh those those pictures that i have of him is real important to me too
0: who would you most like to sit next to on a 10-hour flight and why i'm gonna start this one off i would love to spend 10 hours with vince mcmahon I'm an old wrestling fan from way back. Oh, I get it, yeah. That 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 would be a very interesting flight. Either him or Ric Flair. But I got a hunch alcohol would be involved and I wouldn't remember much with Ric Flair. Yeah. I, I think he would be like his uh, limo driver. Yeah. <laughs> so who would you like to sit next to, Justin? He's thinking way too hard. Ain't he Jojo? Yeah.
2: This this is a it's a Really interesting question for me. Okay. As much as I like history. I think Churchill. Churchill Churchill. would be an interesting cat. Just to pick his brain, really. Yeah. Joe?
1: Mine's going to sound really like, you know, why? My UPS driver, the dude that delivers my package. Now, look, I buy everything (laughs) online. So that (laughs) dude comes to my house. At least three days a week. you getting him a Christmas card this year? I'm not, but I wish I I could. (laughs) I don't even know his name. Do you not? No, but I would love to sit down and talk with that man for a very extended amount of time. I bet
0: he's got a bunch of stories.
1: Yes, I I feel that same way too. But I mean, this Joker, he hustles. Yeah. I mean, I see his work ethic when he delivers packages. Yeah. And uh, I, I would really like to. I know that that don't sound... Good but I mean I would I would like, like to I'd like to talk with him and get to know him
2: that actually is a really good yeah really good answer a little side note i I actually worked for DHL
0: for two months one time i've I've gotten a taste a very small taste of what those UPS and FedEx guys go through every day yeah. God bless them know. honestly um I, I whenever I went to work with DHL they were just trying to get into the delivery game over here. Yeah. Domestically, they're huge on the, worldwide, on the world scene. Very small here. I've had
1: some DHL. Yeah. But, I mean, uh, what I'm saying about my 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 UPS driver is a very unique individual. And I've only seen him through my ring camera and occasionally when he drops off a package and I'm outside, but he's in a hurry. Mm-hmm. But I seen that guy one summertime. And you was talking about this, you know, drivers sitting down all the time. Mm-hmm. I watched this guy. He had a small package for me, very small, and he drove past my house down to the church parking lot, which ain't far. I would say it's a tenth of a mile. It's mm-hmm. not very far at all. He parked down there just to stretch his legs. He got out and walked back to my house to deliver that package. Mm-hmm. He's a very fit guy, very fit guy. Mm-hmm. And, uh, just he's unique. Yeah. And 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 I I'd, I'd really like to get to know that guy.
0: Yeah. We'll end it with this one right here, guys. When you die, what do you want to be remembered for?
1: I hope my children look at me and say he was a good dad. That's it. I know my wife will think he was a good husband cuz I am. I'm awesome. Uh but I want my kids. <laughs> I want my kids to have the thought in their mind that my dad was a good dad. They don't have to think I'm a good man. I want them to know that I that I want the best for them, and I want them to, to think that I was a good good dad. That's what's important to me.
2: Go ahead, Kegel. You've went last all day. <laughs> I want the people that
0: know me to know that I that I did my best. You don't have to like me. You don't have to love me. You don't have to hate me. Just know that I did my best to be the most authentic person that I could be. You're going to be the villain in somebody's story. Mm -hmm. Jesus is the villain in the devil's story. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? You can't please everybody, but if people look back and think of me after I passed away, I at least want them to think that he was authentic and at least respect me anyway good
1: answer
2: Justin mine's the same I want my daughter to be able to say that she was not necessarily happy with everything when she was growing up but that she knew that everything I did was to take care of her and my wife same thing Any anybody that I love which they pretty much all know I'll do anything I have to do to keep them safe or protect them or make their life better but I don't want anybody to look at the obituaries, see my name, and say, thank God.
0: It wouldn't surprise me one bit if there is actually a couple of people that actually said thank God over me. (laughs) And I'm not going to lose no sleep over it. It's quite possible. (laughs) Not for you, I mean, for me. Uh, uh, You're a pretty good old boy.
1: If anybody thinks that about me, they're just wrong, because I'm awesome, like I said. (laughs) I'm,
0: I'm awesome, too, even if I'm the only one that thinks it. But... Guys, I appreciate you being here and talking with me. JoJo, I appreciate your hospitality and letting us sit in your fantastic studio. Have you got anything that you need to plug or you want to plug? We've had se- we've had several people that have came to me and asked, where can I find his podcast? You can find it on Spotify. You can find it on Apple Podcast.
1: It's a voice in the South. The uh, some people say, some people had asked me, okay, a voice of the South. No, I'm not the voice of the whole South. I'm just a voice in the South. Come so, on, y'all. Um, you could you could type in a voice in the South, and, and it should should pop up. It's, you know, with Jojo Corley is on there. I've only got two episodes that are posted to that, but, you know, I went into detail with you about why there's only two. Mm-hmm. But I've got another one that's going to come out tomorrow. I talked with a friend of mine. Um, that's opening up a, a processing business local. And, um, we talked about the ins and outs of that, you know, especially during this time of supply chain issues and stuff like that. It's, it's, it's a good time to have that kind of business. And, um, yeah, that's it. I mean, that's, that's pretty much okay. how you can find it.
2: Justin, you got anything coming up? I have nothing to plug. I have no podcast or anything. Not yet, but he's possibly going to have
0: one. Possibly. So, I appreciate you coming on.
2: Yes, sir. I'm glad to be here. Nice to meet you. Very
0: nice to meet you, man.
2: Joe, always a pleasure, my friend. Yep.
0: Big thanks to Joe Joe Corley for inviting me into his home and having a conversation with me. Big thanks as well to Justin Heitz for coming on to the show once again to share his insights. You can find Joe Joe at A Voice in the South. If you are new to the show and like what you hear, hit that like, subscribe, or follow button and download the episodes in our archives. If this show has been a positive addition to your life, please rate the show and leave a review. Won't take you but a minute and it really would help the show. Find us on social media by typing Porch Matters Podcast into the search bar. Word of mouth is still the best way of sharing. Pick your favorite episode and share it with at least one person this week. There are a lot of people out there that have never heard of a podcast before. I sure would appreciate it, and I'll see you next time, right here on Porch Matters.